0: Thank you for tuning in to Scars Talk with Pastor Monica. This episode, I am excited to bring to you a young lady by the name of Cassie Morrison. Cassie has overcome some things in her lifetime that most people that are the age of 90 years old have never had to endure. She's been a victim of domestic abuse, domestic violence. She suffered strokes. She is um, an overcomer. She is clean. She was addicted to drugs for over 16 years. She was molested by her best friend's father. Her mother, an alcoholic. Her father, an alcoholic. She used to get high with her mother at a very, very young age. She's had children while being on drugs, while being on alcohol. And none of her children are with her. They've all been... uh, Uh, Given up for adoption because she wanted what was best for her children But this young lady has a Transformation that will just blow your mind So I came on here to tell you tonight that no matter what you're going through No matter how old you are You can make a change God can do it for you Go get the help that you need. Many times you just say, you know, I've been in it too long. I'm in too deep. There's no hope for me. The devil is a liar. As long as you have breath in your body, there can be a change. Cassie is an an amazing example of that. Her testimony, her story brought tears to my eyes. She's here to help someone else that may be going through No matter how long you've been addicted to drugs, what kind of drugs they may be, no matter what you're doing, if you're out there on the street and you're prostituting and you're just, you know, giving your body away just so you can get your next hit, just so you can get your next fit, it doesn't matter. God will take you just as you are. There are people out there who love you. There are people out there who care. All you have to do is just reach out. All you have to do is make up in your mind, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to live like this. You can reach out. Reach out and find someone, someone who's gone through it before, an overcomer, someone who has changed their life around. Let them be an example to you. And mean what you say and say what you mean Because today on this episode of Scars Talk with Pastor Monica You're going to hear a testimony of transformation like never before Stay tuned as we welcome our guest this month Cassie Morrison
1: Good evening, everyone. You are tuned into Scars Talk with Pastor Monica, and I'm excited to have our next guest on with us tonight. I'm going to be interviewing a young lady by the name of Cassie Morrison, and Cassie has an Awesome testimony that she is going to share with us tonight. And this young lady, I'm, I'm telling you, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I'm not even sure how I truly became acquainted with her and her story. I remember seeing um, her a, a brief testimony. There were pictures of her, and I'm like, oh, she's so beautiful. But beside that beautiful picture were, were mugshots and it, were, it was different mug shots from where she had been arrested and you could see the total transformation and so she was, she was saying that she had an awesome testimony that she wanted to share and how God had delivered her from being on drugs and addicted to drugs for 16 years and it was at that moment that God just touched my spirit and said you have to reach out to her and you have to bring her on to Scar's talk and so I I did. I found her. I sent her a message and she obliged. And here we are tonight with this awesome woman of God. Truly, she has an amazing story and I know that many, many, many of you out there may be going through some through some things and you don't think that you can come out of those things. You know, who would think that after being addicted to Drugs for 16 years that you could come out clean with a new slate and a new life and a new lease on life if you just give it all to God. These are things that we can't handle on our own, but through the Holy Spirit, God can enable us to do the impossible. And so it is my pleasure to present to you all tonight our dear sister. Casey, I'm sorry, Cassie. Cassie, I always want to call her Casey, but it's Cassie Morrison. Um, Sister Morrison, come on and just tell everyone who you are. Um, give us, a, you know, a description of how old you are and your your story. You know, tell us how it all began. You know what triggered it how it started and we will just go from there because truly your testimony is going to be a blessing to many many people that are tuning in tonight those that will tune in at a later time that think they just can't do it. They've given up all hope but you are proof that there is a living God and that miracles still exist. so come right on in and just tell us who you are and start to give us your awesome testimony.
2: Yes. Um, God can deliver you. Absolutely. Um, my name is Cassie Morrison. I'm 29 years old. And by the grace of God, I have almost three years clean in January 28th. Um, I suffered with a life of addiction, um, early on from early age of 13 years old. I started smoking marijuana and, um, I had a really rough childhood growing up, you know, um, my mom, was is uh, an alcoholic, and and unfortunately she still is. And she would leave me and my brother home for days at a time to fend for ourselves. And um, he just became uh mad and angry, and I was just scared and lost. And um, so it we just I just had a really rough childhood growing up.
1: Mm-hmm. So so when you say you had a rough childhood, we're going to go all the way back here, okay? And okay. your mom was an alcoholic. Uh, was there a father around? Did, did you know who your father was?
2: Yes, um, I know my father. I would see him on the weekends sometimes, and his girlfriend was just mean. Like, he never wanted us to be a part of his life, so it really ha- it made it really hard on me and my brother to even see him, you know? Okay. And so you you barely saw your father and
1: your mother was an alcoholic. And so Yes, my uh, father was an alcoholic too. Oh, okay. So you came from uh, a home with both parents being alcoholics. And so yeah. um how old were you when you when you realized or you knew something just wasn't right?
2: Uh, very on an early age um I was probably like six years old when, you know, my mom would start leaving me and my brother home alone Um, and she would come in with, you know, different men or um, she would, like, stumble, she could hardly walk and she couldn't talk straight and sometimes she would get mean and say nasty things and um, it just made it really hard on me, you know. Okay. And how old was your brother at the time? My brother is two years older than me. Um, He recently... He didn't make it through the addiction. Um, June June eighth of two thousand and sixteen, my brother shot himself in the head because he didn't see a way out.
1: Mm, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
2: It's okay, That's, but he's in a much better place, and he doesn't have to suffer anymore.
1: Amen. So, amen. And so. Um, you said you started smoking smoking marijuana at 13. So before 13, you had you hadn't been introduced to any drugs or alcohol. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Was there any Was there any um? Because of the, the the men that your mother was bringing in and out of the household and the instability, was there any type of uh, domestic abuse or any type of, of, of yes, way? Yes, I or- used to
2: watch my mom. Yes, my mom used to get beat on by one of the men she was seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, with alcohol, there's always going to be some type of domestic. Most of the time that's the case.
1: Okay, and um, I also remember when I spoke to you earlier that you said you had also um, began taking pills at that age as well.
2: Yes, um, one of my friends across the street, her mother started giving us um, pills and Xanax and painkillers and stuff like that. And her mom was, uh, I later found out that she was um, addicted to crack cocaine, and and she used to just stand there in, like, a corner for, like, hours at a time, and her eyes would be wide open. I would just stare at her in confusion, like, what is wrong with this lady, you know? And then as I got a little bit wiser, I realized, you know, that she was on drugs, and it, it was scary for me and my friend, you know, like, I used to always live in fear about my mother and I used to watch the same look in her eyes. I'd give my mother and we both lived in fear. You know, it, it was horrible at such a young age. It's very traumatizing to watch your mother look like that. You know, it's, it's very traumatizing. And, um, yeah, so I used to um go over to another friend's house of mine and, um, how I actually started smoking marijuana was I, I went over to a friend's house and um, I I guess her dad overheard us talking about, you know, wanting to find it because I actually, okay, so how it all started was um, I had walked into the house and I smelled like this really pungent smell and I see my mother talking to this guy and they're smoking and passing back a joint, back and forth a joint. And I and then at that point I got curious. I wanted to try it. Cause you know, that's just, I guess that's what kids do, you know? And, um, so after that, um, I was sitting in my friend's house and I, I guess her dad overheard us talking about, you know, wanting to try it. And not even an hour later, he came into the room with uh two rolled up marijuana blunts and a bottle of MD 2020, not knowing that he really had a hidden agenda because, you know, so young and so naive, I didn't know at the time, you know, the way that he was looking at me. And later on, this man ended up molesting me. And I was too scared to say anything. And still to this day, my best friend doesn't know that her father molested me. And um, her, her dad had a heart attack a few years ago. So I don't even really know how to tell her. Wow. So you were surrounded,
1: it seems, by Drug, alcohol, and and instability, and um, yeah. when you, my
2: brother, was himself was in and out of juvenile himself.
1: So, oh, wow. So, and then um, you also said that. Did, did the father molest you just once, or was this an ongoing thing? Did he do it once, and you were so afraid that you kind of never went back over there because you were afraid, or did you continue to go because now he was supplying the, the, the pills and the marijuana, and, and you just were going to get that? Did it continue, or did it stop? It continued. How long? And,
2: um, well... Like at age 15, my parents ended up moving back to North Carolina and I wanted to come back to Florida. So I ended up moving in with her and it continued from there. And really, in my mind, I was willing because I wanted the drugs, but I was too young and too naive to know better, you know. So now I know that he was molesting me, but at the time I was thinking it was my fault, you know. I blamed Mm -hmm. myself for a long time for that, but it was not my fault. I was too young to know better. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, you know, there are many people
1: that are listening in that are, are probably in similar situations, and maybe there's no drug and alcohol involved, but just because that person is touching them inappropriately or molesting them and, and they're not telling anyone and they're young, they're thinking to themselves, what did I do and this is all my fault, and so they're silent about it. So what kind of advice would you give them? Um, regarding this type of situation
2: my um, my advice would be to, to say something tell somebody and reach out you know that would be the best advice I can give because I did not reach out and it continued to happen because I was scared you know and I thought it was my fault and that I was the reason why he was doing that to me but it was not but reach out would be my advice most definitely
1: exactly exactly and so let's let's fast forward a little bit, and I don't know how old you are when this began to happen, but you stated that your mother was um, getting high on cocaine, and that you started to get high with your mother
2: Yes, um, this started like whenever I moved to North Carolina, and I was sixteen years old and I ran into a friend at school, and she said, let's skip school. I went and skipped school, and then I tried cocaine for my first time, and I went home, And I had told my mom, I said, hey, mom, I was like, "Um, I just wanted to tell you that what we were doing. I told her that we're getting high on coke. And she's like, oh, she's like, well, where is it at? Let's do it. You know, instead of being a mother, like she should have been and been like, "Um, Cassie, you know, you shouldn't do that. And sit down and have a talk to me like a responsible parent would. Instead, she was like, I wanted to join in and do it with me. So, yeah. Hmm. And, and your mother, is she still living? Yes, she is. Um, I forgive my mother for everything that has happened. I have to forgive and move on. She's my mother, and she always will be my mother. And um, I know she lives in regret and guilt every day about the way that she raised me and Cody, definitely since he passed. And I, you know, it's like I look at it like, what would Jesus do? You know what I mean? He forgives. You know, so who am I to hold resentment towards my mother because of the way she raised me? The best thing for me to do is forgive and move on, you know, not only for her, but for me and my healing.
1: Yes, yes. Do you
2: have contact with her? Yes, I do. I just actually went and seen her not too long ago. My daughter's father passed. I went to a memorial um, in Bradenton. I went and seen her. And um, whenever she, you know, I go and see her, she, you know, of course she's drinking, but I'll always leave before it gets, you know, to the point where she's, you know, drunk or whatever. i always leave before then, and I keep up boundaries with her, but I love her, and she's my mother, so.
1: Yes, yes, and you're supposed to, and and you're a prime example of deliverance, and it's never too late as long as she's breathing, If God did it for you, he could do it for her, too. So we'll continue to keep her in prayer as well.
2: Absolutely. I I get down on my knees in in church, or every day I get down on my knees and I pray for my mother. That he will deliver from alcoholism, absolutely, wholeheartedly. I pray for that every day. Amen. Amen. So
1: now we're going to fast forward a little bit to, to age 17. and So tell me what's going on. Uh, You're 17 now. All right.
2: I'm 17. um, Moved back to Florida, and um, my mom, my stepdad, we were living together, and at this time I was really bad on cocaine, and I was working at a Waffle House, and um, I had this drug dealer that um, was bringing me coke there often, and um, I ended up getting pregnant by him. And that's actually the guy that just recently passed. Um, He could not stop getting high. And his body, when he, by the time he stopped, it was too late. And his body shut down on him and he died. He had Mm -hmm. about three heart attacks. That's not the reason why he died. But it was because his body just shut down on him, his kidneys and everything. Because it was too Mm -hmm. late. Um, But he, I was just. Every, it was an everyday thing from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. I, I was getting high, even if I – sometimes I wouldn't go to sleep. And that's all I lived for was the drug. I didn't live for anything, and I never knew God or never had God in my heart. I didn't know better. I was, I'm recently um, started writing this book, and it's bringing up a lot of things. And one of the things that brought up in my memory was about my – mother in this conversation I had with her about God when I was 12 about 11 12 years old and I asked her about God, I and mom I was like who is God and, and what is he and she said that's just something you're going to have to figure out on your own Cassie she's like that's that's something that you're going to have to have your own understanding on as you get older she's like that's not something that I really want to discuss with you so I never knew God or had him in my heart you know so um the fact that I have them in my heart now wholeheartedly. I walk in the Holy Spirit resides in me every day. Every day. And um that's just the miracle by itself because I wasn't brought up with um any of that in my life at all.
1: Amen. Um, Amen. Well sometimes, you know, um those are those are the ones that God uses the most. It's you grow up, you you don't have God in your life. You don't know who God is. You don't have anyone around to explain to you, you who God is or be an example for you. And then he shows up <laughs> like a mighty rushing Absolutely. wind. and
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, and now you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's just such a beautiful thing. And so that's why it's important for us to make sure that we're not only talking the talk, but we're walking the walk as well, because we are the only Bible that some people ever see. So all the people that we come into contact with, there are many, many people out there like you who have never heard of God or never knew anything about God. They've heard of him, but they don't know him. And, you know, they're reaching out to people and they're trying to get the truth, but there's no one around them to tell them. And so that's why we're here. You know, we are. It's so
2: funny that you say that because um, (laughs) a couple days ago at work, I was working with my best friend, Nicole, and she she actually posted on Facebook. She's like, my best friend Cassie is running around work telling our coworkers, Jesus loves them. <laughs> Cause I do that. Like I tell everybody, like that I call, like I tell everybody, you know, Jesus loves you. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody needs to know that. And I always, you know, I live for him today. So, Amen. um, so back to what I was saying about, um, so I ended up getting pregnant and, uh, I was using throughout my pregnancy um not as much with the other kids that I had, but with her on and off, I was using throughout the pregnancy. I ended up having her and um three months later, I ended up getting pregnant again with my son, and I had both of them, and me and my mom were living together, and we got in a big fight, and uh she ended up you know kicking me out of the house and um I had my son, and she kept my daughter, and then um, I ended up back with both of them again, and um, I had went to jail. The the state took my kids to my mom. She wrecked the car drunk with my two kids, and um, the state uh, took my kids while I was in jail, and um, at this time, like, I, I had already... You tried crack cocaine. I was on every drug you could possibly think of. I was doing all of it except for um, doing, using um, heroin, heroin intravenously. I wasn't doing that yet at this point, but, um, so I was just, um, I got out and I lost all hope and, um, I completely gave up on the case plan. I ended up letting the lady, um adopt my two kids and she still has them and um they're living a really good life they're very happy right now they're actually traveling the United States in a a camper and they're doing things that I never would have ever been able to do as a child and she loves them dearly and she homeschools them and she is just like you know God did that because I couldn't you know he put them in a safe place and they're so happy and they love their lives and um so shortly after that, I ended up um, uh, in St. Petersburg, and I ended up running all over the streets uh, prostituting for crack, and and that's when my addiction really, really took off. That was um, in 2011, and um, that's when I started walking the streets or on escorting websites, and I... Uh, started shooting up drugs in my arm, and I was smoking crack, and it was just got awful. I was like an empty soul roaming the streets. I was <laughs> – it, it's almost hard to even describe. It was horrible. Like, I was belittled. I was degraded. Um, people talked to me like I was the scum on the bottom of their shoe. I've had dope dealers spit in my face and slap me and tell me I'll never amount to anything and, and just – I mean, they talked to me as the person I was at the time, you know, and um, I never, ever want to be that person again, and I don't ever have to be Amen. as long as I continue on the path that I am and stay prayed up and and talk to God every day and, and continue to stay in the fellowship of NA and um, do the things that I'm doing and stay in church and reach out to people and I, I do all of these things today, and that's what's keeping me clean. And I know, I know wholeheartedly that God put me through all those things in my past to create a testimony like this to save other other lives with my story. And that is what I will do. It is. It's in God's will. It's in my will to do those things. And um. So God asked me to write a book, and I've started writing a book. I'm probably like about 10 pages in since last night, but I'm doing it. Um, And I just, I'm not ashamed of my past at all whatsoever. I am not ashamed of that person. I tell people all the time when I see them struggling, I'm like, hey, listen, I used to be a crackhead, a prostitute, and and look what I am today if I can do it you can do it you know God redeemed me I was baptized and I was reborn into a, a brand new person if I can do it so can you you do not have to live like that today I was actually talking to a girl that's in her active addiction she called me reached out to me and she was falling and I'm just like why are you doing this to yourself you don't have to live like this anymore you do not have to be that person anymore just ask God for forgiveness and get help, you know, go to some kind of detox or treatment facility and I will be there for you. I want to be there for everybody that's suffering, but sometimes you, I have to wait for people to ask for help. Like they have to help themselves and then as soon as they do that, I will be there for them in every step, you know mhm
3: mhm
1: and and that is so awesome that God has put that yearning in your heart that you want to help everyone, and you know you have been through so much you know um, and I want everybody just to to get the gist of this and to understand, so that um they really know that what you went through, so even what you've told us thus far has has been profound but but at age nineteen, um you started stripping, you started dancing. Um mm-hmm. and, and you went to jail again. Um, now is that when you found out you
2: were pregnant again
1: and was with your was it your third child? Yes.
2: yes, I had my third child in jail. Um and he now lives in Ireland and I haven't seen him he turns four in November and I get to see him for the first time um in October eighteenth. I've never met him before. They took him out of my arms. I've seen him for three minutes. Mm. He took him out of my arms, and I get to meet him for the first time. God will restore.
1: Yes, He yes. will. And so, um, you had you have four children or three?
2: I've had four kids, and the um, the third kid, I, the the fourth one was the one I had in jail, and the third one I had, I was so high I didn't even know I was in labor and I had that child in a motel room and when I woke up in the hospital the first thing that was on my mind was I need another hit and I ripped the IV out of my arm and I ran out of that hospital just to go get high.
1: Wow. You are truly incredible. Um, Now you also suffered a stroke how old were you when you had this stroke, and what happened then?
2: Um, I was probably like 24, 25 years old. Um, I was in jail for about eight months, so my body was clean for about eight months, and I got out of jail, and I uh, did way too much drugs, and my body fell into cardiac arrest um, in my in my sleep. I woke up and I was paralyzed. The whole left side of my body was paralyzed and I couldn't move it. And, um, and the real insanity of it is when the manager was banging at the door and he called the ambulance while the ambulance was coming, I was on the floor trying to shoot up more drugs before the ambulance got there. That's the insanity of it.
1: Mm. Yeah. And so, um, of course, you know God is good because you recovered from
2: that stroke. Yes, I couldn't even walk, and I had to learn how to uh, walk again and swallow, and slowly got it started getting all my feeling back. And I had complete nerve damage on the bottom of my foot. Um, yes. And after that, did you do drugs again? Yes, I did. Um as soon as I got out of the hospital, um, I started going as bad as my my foot hurt so bad and I still walked the streets and I still would go out and prostitute and I was I wasn't done. I was not done. At all. It's horrible. <laughs> That that's amazing and it's amazing
1: the, the demonic influence and the demonic power that drugs will have over you because yes. I'm I'm just listening to your story and I'm thinking if we as Christians could be that that zealful and, and that adamant about winning souls for Christ and about our walk for Christ, could you imagine what it would be like? Here you are <laughs> <laughs> you have Broke. You know, you, you, you leave the hospital, you're, you've got this neuropathy going on, you're pain, pain in your foot, you're still trying to recover, yet you're still pressing forward, you're still moving on, you're still working to get those drugs. That was a demonic stronghold.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If we that type of <laughs> stronghold for Christ, you know, that, that, that's yes. amazing, that's amazing and so all things um, are possible through Christ all things yes yes and you are truly proving that and mm-hmm. so you know through all this tell everyone how many times you've been arrested
2: i want to say i've been arrested um, all together between three different counties i've been arrested over 20 times wow yes 'Cause I have about, um fourteen mugshots on record from just Pinellas County by itself. And they won't even show me all my mugshots, so I know it's been quite a few times.
1: <laughs> wow. And so we've we've talked about <laughs> we've talked about your life as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, everything that you've gone through. And you've been through. Now I want you to tell everyone what happened. How did you turn to God?
2: Okay. Um, so the last time I was on the streets, um, I was walking and I... I asked God to please get me out of that mess. Please. I was just crying and I was bawling. And I don't think at this point I've ever really talked to him, you know, and something inside of me just told me to start talking to him. And not even a couple hours later, I got arrested and I knew my time was up. I knew that I was done. I could not live like that anymore. Um, I ended up going to jail. I asked for help. My public defender opted me into drug court and, um, Oh, my judge, I love her so much. She saved so many lives. Um, She um, put me into an inpatient rehab uh, for, it was a 12 to 18 month program. I graduated in 15 months. It was um, ongoing uh, group therapy, intense therapy. I didn't even step foot out of the building for about eight months to even go look for a job. Um, It was everyday work. I was so broken. I would constantly seek validation. Um, I would constantly... I was never sure of myself. I hated myself. I couldn't even look in the mirror. I had so many scars on me and track marks and pick marks and just bloodshot scars all over my body. I just hated the person I become. So it was intense therapy. And when I left that place, the journey of me learning to love myself so was not done yet. And it still is an ongoing battle to this day. But um, I... So I uh, was in that place for like I I graduated at 15 months, and um, while I was in there, I had um, this Bible study every Saturday night, and Jeannie, I I mean this way, she is my spiritual mother, she um was there for me through so much um, but she uh, was my Bible study teacher. And that's when I started asking questions about God. And that was the first time I got to know about him or anything. I didn't even know that at this point, I didn't even know that um, that Jesus died so we could be forgiven for our sins. And I didn't understand that um, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit it was all the this, this same person. I, I didn't understand any of that, you know. Um, I, I didn't understand any of that. I was just so confused, and I would ask her questions. And when I wouldn't understand, I was I would just get angry, and um, I was just <clears throat> I was a mess. <laughs> I was such a mess. But um, so I got out of Westcare, and I um, I continued to um, search for validation in man And men, um, I uh, was still so broken um i ended up um prostituting again but by the grace of god i did not uh relapse um he he saved me before that happened and um i ended up getting into a, a program called empower the change and um uh coral and Shelley, the the ladies that they're the directors of this program they are also my pastors and when i say empowered these ladies empowered me to change mm. they are my everything um they she baptized me and i have been redeemed and i am like this this person, I can't even explain to you. Like I, I'm just like this whole different person. Um, I have self-worth today. I love myself today. Um, I I hear God when He talks to me. I I seek that for so long, and I wanted it, and I craved it, and I just got down on my knees, and I was, please God, let me hear when You speak to me. I want to hear You, and I. I'm hearing him now when he talks to me, and it's the most beautiful thing I cannot even describe. It is so beautiful, and I, sometimes I slip and I fall a little bit, but Coral or Genie or they always like you know pick me back up, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect person serving a perfect God, yeah. you know. And I I still um haven't. I, I still have quite the journey ahead of me um, of healing and um, God heals the broken, you know, those are the ones that, that seek him the most are the broken. So. Yeah. I I (laughs) think
1: that's just beautiful. I, 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 I can feel it as you're, as you're talking about it as You've been reborn as you know you have a new identity, and you're loving who you are in Christ because now you know who and whose you are, and so I love that, Absolutely. and I can yes, I can hear it, and it's beautiful and um you know there there is one other testimony I want you to to give and and that's how you had tested positive for hepatitis. But God, to God be the glory through everything that you went through, through all the drug use, through all the people that, you know, um, you've slept with, etc. never encountered any STDs, a blessing in no,
2: itself. A- or AIDS. And there was many times that I was so strung out, I did not even care about using protection. Like, I just wanted to get high. And yeah. I didn't even think about it. It was not even a, a, a thought half the time, you know, and I do not have AIDS. And when I took that, that test in West care, I was crying in tears on my knees, begging God that I did not have that because I was so scared because it was like, how when I've slept with all these men? And, and that test came back negative by the grace of God, I do not have AIDS. And when I came back positive for hepatitis C, I went to go get the cure for it at the golden rule and they told me that my viral load was zero, that my body had cured itself. And that was only by the grace of God, only. Yes, God, that just gave
1: me chills.
2: <laughs> yes. So he has
1: totally, totally restored you. Here you are, 29 years old, and you've gone through more than some people go through in an entire lifetime if they live to be 80. You mm. are tr- truly a beautiful testimony and I see why God placed it on my heart to reach out to you when I saw you to bring you onto the show and so
2: And I um, am so honored that you had me come on to your show. So honored and that's all I want to do and that's what my heart my heart earns for is to help people. I wanna to go to school to be a drug addiction counselor and I just I I want to help and any way I can to help people and let Amen. them know that there there is um, hope. They do not have to live like that, and that the obsession can be lifted off of you once you do, you do get clean to quit using. You, I don't even—it's not even a thought for me to get high anymore. Like I don't even think about it. Probably not even after the first month I got clean. I have not even thought about getting high. Like the obsession has been completely lifted off of me because of Jesus. Yes, God, to God be the glory. I love it.
1: I love it, and I know that um, the many, many people that are going to listen to this show that, you know, I'm going to receive inbox messages, somebody's going to want to reach out to uh, Cassie Morrison and find out, hey, what is it, you know, I need help, because you're going to to help change many lives and bring many people to Christ, and um, for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, I will do uh, a video to go along with this uh, podcast as well and if you just look at uh, Cassie's before and after pictures it is just a miraculous transformation she is so mm-hmm. beautiful you are so beautiful you look nothing like you've been before and, and and one of the songs on Scar's talk is we don't look like what we've been through and you truly don't look like you've been through anything that you've just told us about you truly are a blessing and i thank god for you and he has blessed you with many many other talents and before we end this interview tonight uh, she is a spoken word artist up and coming and god just speaks to her and gives her spoken word and so I would love it if you would bless us with one of your your spoken word pieces tonight.
2: Okay. Hello. All right. Sometimes I feel unworthy, but to him, I am worthy. Sometimes I feel ashamed, but because of him, I was renamed. Jesus will always proclaim the truth about me, and that is what matters. I was battered, and he picked me up and said, girl, pick your chin up. You are beautiful inside, and no man could define that. He said, so stop looking for it in men. Only I can mend your broken heart that was torn apart. Search for me. Call out to me, and that is a start. My love for you is off the chart, he says. When you seek for validation in man, he says, Cassie, I need you to understand. I am the beginning and the end. Depend on me. Don't you see? I love you effortlessly. So stop running from me. I have set you free. When you breathe, it's because of me. When you eat, it's because of me. When you sleep, it's because of me. So love me, honor me, cherish me, worship me, get on your knees and pray to me. And when you hear that small, still voice, listen to me. I will never steer you wrong. I have been with you all along. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So then God, why is it so hard and sometimes I feel like I want to fall apart? He said it's my plan to make you better so sometimes I have to bring you to the dark so you can see the light and when you do it's gonna be a beautiful beautiful sight you my dear have such a bright bright future so just hold on to me tight and don't let go keep your arm rod because the devil is a lie and he will try through anyone or anything to destroy you he will use what you have been through against you okay God but how will I know he says I will show you but you have to stay at my word to understand when it's happening you have to see that's the only way okay Okay, I will pray. Dear Father, keep me close keep you close to me and keep you close to my heart and don't let anything tear that apart, dear Father. For protection over me, dear Father. Let me see you and let you be my main focus and don't let the locust take that from me, dear Father. Let me put complete faith in you and be 100% true to myself because of the cards I have been felt, dear Father. Let me give all the thanks to you for what you have put, put your son through to give, forgive me for my sins. Now all depends on me completely to be set free and be completely obedient to you and show my love for you, Lord. Love, Cassie.
1: That was beautiful, powerful. I'm over here giving you your snaps because you know you get your snaps with the spoken word. <laughs>
2: I stumbled a little bit because I just wrote it, you know.
1: That's okay, so. but you you could feel God all through those words, and that's how he speaks to you. And those words that help you will help others as well. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. you, and I thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come onto the show and bless us with your awesome testimony. Bless us with your transparency. And I know, just as you just spoke in that spoken word, that God has big things in store for you. And we have to go through. We have to go through the fire as a lump of coal to come out shining as that pure diamond that he wants us to. So I will keep you always in my prayers. I love you, and I thank God for you. And in the future... I will look at bringing you back on the show because you're going to have even more testimonies. We're going to have a book. We're going to have uh, spoken word pieces. Who knows what else you're going to be doing? You know, I see. You know, mission trips. You know, you have um, you went through the whole ordeal with drugs and alcohol so that you can be the best drug and alcohol counselor that there is because you've been. And nobody can relate to someone else that's going through it better than someone that had to go through it themselves. And that's what Scars Talk is all about, It's bringing people on who have scars. And those scars have turned to stars. Thank you, my sister, for blessing us with your presence tonight. God bless you.
2: You're welcome. God bless you.
0: Thank you once again for tuning in tonight to Scars Talk with Pastor Monica. It was an honor to have our guest on tonight, Sister Cassie Morrison, and listening to her testimony and how God delivered her from over 16 years of addiction. Her testimony itself is here to save someone, someone who may think I've just gone too far. There's no turning back for me. You just have to have a made up mind. You have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and know that there is so much more for you. There is so much more that God has in store for you. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, Even tonight, if you're sitting in a homeless shelter, you're sitting in a hotel room, you're standing on the corner waiting to turn a trick, waiting for your next John. You're laying in the bed waiting for your next John. It's not too late. God loves you and he will accept you just as you are. All you have to do is accept him and cry out to him and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been hurt before, people have let me down. I searched for love and I was hurt and I didn't understand what true love meant. But I heard that you had a love for us that's unconditional. I heard that you loved us so much that you sacrificed and you gave your only son to die a sinless death for all of my sins. So tonight, Lord, I'm sorry. I no longer want the pipe. I no longer want the needle. I no longer want the pills. But I also no longer want to feel the pain. I want to be born again. I want to be that new creature that I've heard talked about. I want to be new in you, Christ. Please accept me as your own. And if you've said that prayer and you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and for your sins, you have been born again. Get around some people that can help you, that can inspire you. Get around some people that can push you and motivate you. You are not alone in this. And remember, it is never too late. This is Pastor Monica, and you've been listening to Scars Talk with Pastor Monica, where we interview real people with real problems and real stories, and where their scars become stars. Thank you for tuning in to Scars Talk with Pastor Monica. Scars Talk does not own rights to any music played on the program. Remember to follow us on the iTunes podcast, Scars Talk with Pastor Monica. God bless you all until the next time.